Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Flare Podcast. I'm your host, Riley, and today we got episode nine with a special guest, Abel, joining us. Welcome aboard, Abel. Hey, what's, how's it going? Not too bad, man. How about you? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Just, you know, enjoying the weather here in California. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks for joining me on the show today. <laughs> yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Uh, so just to start out, uh, where are you from and how did you get involved in aviation? Yeah, so um, for those of you who don't know, uh, my name is Abel. Uh, I'm 23 years old. Um, I am from Southern California, uh, more specific, the L.A. area. Um, and how did I get involved in aviation? Well, I was uh, 16. I started flying when I was about 16 years old. Uh, my dad, um, he had no connections in aviation, but he had an interest sort of um, in aviation. So he took me uh, to a local airport and he asked me, hey, do you want to you know, learn how to fly? So um, I, I'm like, yeah, sure, let's do it. So uh, he paid for my first flight lesson and yeah, he took me up and then I, you know, <laughs> fell in love and I've been doing that ever since. So that's crazy. Uh, it's been a, a good journey, good journey. <laughs> and for that first flight, did they just, did they take you kind of around the city or where did they take you? Yeah. So for that first um, introductory flight, we he took me around the pattern and then he took me out to, uh, to the uh, practice area over the ocean. And so at that point, I'm like, yeah, this is what, what I want to do. You know, I want to oh, yeah. do something related to, to aviation. So, um, yeah, he, he gave me the controls. He let me fly it for a bit. And uh, um, I told myself, yeah, I, 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 I could do this. I could do this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's, it's overwhelming, but it's like it's also so blissful. Like you just you really you get interested right away. You know, if that's something that gets you excited, it's like. Right, right. When you grab the controls, you're just like, as mm -hmm. scary as this is, like, yeah, I could do this. Yeah, no, and you know, even now as a as a private pilot, um, I when I take people up, I tell them, you want to, you know, you want to put your hands on the controls so that you can see how how it's like to fly and and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they get all nervous, and they tell me, no, no, I don't want to <laughs> mess up the plane. I don't want to, you know, do this and do that on the plane. And I tell them, hey, just relax, you know. Just do yep. what I just do what I do and you'll be fine. And then it's just like driving a car. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. It's, that's, that's the good thing of having like like two sets of controls in front of each of you is like, you know, like if anything does go wrong, you're there. It's all good. Like there's nothing to worry about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I tell them, hey, just just relax. Don't do the um, I'm sure your instructor or, or, you know, everyone that's listening, um, their instructor have have told you don't do the death grip you know because that's oh, gonna yeah. <laughs> that, uh, i know i've done it you know and i've had my instructor go push don't or slap my hand you know and be yeah. like don't you know just lightly slight like light touches light touches yeah very gentle right <laughs> gentle be gentle <laughs> so so you started out then through a, a flight school right yeah i started as um in a flight school um they had a like an aviation program for um, for younger kids at the time I was 16 so I fit right in with them okay. so um, after school I would go to um, to that little flight school and and we could do our homework there and um, they had about 10 screens up with all flight simulator um, stuff so the more hours you spent 
um, just um, spending time at the flight school, you would accumulate flying hours. So um, let's say you accumulate 40 hours of, of just studying and being at that flight school, then uh-huh. that qualifies you for an hour of flying without you having to pay. So that was pretty, that was okay. pretty cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, after that, um, what do we do after that? After that, through that flight school, I met, uh, an instructor that, um, purchased a, a, a plane on his own. So after that, he, he asked me if, if I wanted to, um, you know, just be his, be his student. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do it. You know, um. Um, so I went flying with him for a, for a decent amount of hours. Um, this was back in high school uh, when I was about 16, 17 years old. Um, and I did training in a Piper Cherokee. Okay. Uh, um, so, yeah, that was his own plane and stuff. But, you know, once you're in, in high school, you don't, you know, I guess take some things seriously and, and stuff. So I stopped flying for a bit after that. And, um, um you know, financially as well, because it, it gets pretty expensive when you fly. Oh, so, sure, yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, I stopped training um, for a bit. Um, but, you know, that, you know, flame for aviation, you know, didn't go out. And I kept watching YouTube videos and, and then just, you know, kicking myself. <laughs> like, I want to go back. I want to go back. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I eventually ended up going back, and, and I don't regret it. <laughs> yeah, and I have to I have to agree with you there because I had definitely a similar experience, um, like throughout high school for myself because I was doing cadets out of the airport um, mm-hmm. that I fly out of currently, and I remember being like about sixteen, seventeen in high school, and I mean I I had flown with family friends, and I definitely had like a good passion for aviation but at that age like just like you said like you kind of you're still trying to figure yourself out I guess is the best way to put it and so you might not take things as seriously and I I definitely agree like I kind of fell out of that as well and stopped getting involved in aviation for about a year Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. two years and you know some people don't think it's realistic as well right like because you like you mentioned you look at the prices and It definitely, you know, it's not something that's like easy to just put a lot of money into and then just be like, oh, I don't want to do it. Like, yeah, it's a big commitment to get started. But I had this like the same experience as well of just kind of going back and kicking myself. And like, you see cool videos on YouTube or you see like cool people posting on Instagram and you're like, I need like I need to do that. I got to get back into this. (laughs) Absolutely. No. And that's one of the things. Yeah, I stopped uh, for uh, for about a year. I, I stopped as well. And um, I kept seeing YouTube videos. I'm sure you've seen some um, like Swain Martin or yes, um, yes. Flight Flight Chops or, uh, you know, all these YouTubers that are flying and they're the same age as you, um, yeah. you know, and look at these people now. They're already airline pilots. They're, you know, out in what Hawaii flying um, <laughs> Cessna caravans and. And I'm just here, you know, barely trying to, you know, pass or get my private pilot's uh, license. But oh, yeah. that's one of the things that, you know, motivated me to, you know, go back into aviation, um, um, you know, 
just set some money aside, you know, and just save up a little bit. And then once you're committed, you know, just go and just get that, that certificate. Cause, um, it, it's, it's, it, it'll be difficult. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it'll be worth it in the long run. It'll be worth it for sure. Yeah. And like another thing too, is like one thing that I really realized once I got to the end of kind of like not being involved in aviation and like, I decided I was going to go back and I, I'm sure you probably felt like this as well, but what, what you kind of subconsciously don't realize is like, if you're jealous of watching planes go over your head in a sense, and like you really wish that was you definitely go back and do it because it, yeah. it means that you care about it. And you know, it, it still interests you if you're like, Oh man, I wish I, I could be in, in those shoes and I wish I could be doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And here in Southern California, we have a, you know, big, you know, uh, general aviation community, you know, the yeah. sunny, sunny weather most of the time. Um, everyone's flying. Um, and so when I wasn't flying, I would pass by the airports, you know, and I would be like, wow, that I could have been doing that right now. But, you know, oh, I stopped. Sure. I stopped. So or I didn't take things seriously in a way, you know, and yeah. And, and even being right near like LAX too, right? You must, that must also kind of just fuel it and be like, oh man, like <laughs> all these planes from all over the world are coming in. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, I sit um, a little bit towards um, the final, like final for a, for the runways here. So mm-hmm. I see the planes flying above my house all the time. And even the small planes, you know, they'll pass by my house and stuff. And, and uh, it's when you're not flying, you tell yourself, oh, I want to be fine right now. I want to yeah. be that guy, you know? <laughs> yeah, you want to you wanna be in like a 777 or yeah. know, like the small plane that's going, like whatever will get you in the air. Yeah, it's absolutely. Just like, that's where I want to be right now. Absolutely, yes. So for, I mean, for me, like I said, before we talked in the podcast today, like California for me is definitely on the bucket list of mm-hmm. somewhere I want to fly, whether it's in a small plane or commercially, anything like that, like, I wouldn't can't even imagine like how like awesome that must be to fly around that area. So for you, what would you say the best part about flying in California is? For me, the best part of flying in California would be just the exposure to aviation. Um, There's a lot of, you know, good people that you meet through aviation. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people that you don't even know, or you wouldn't have met, you know, just being a regular, I guess, you know, a regular guy or gal, you know? Yeah. Um, but um, there's a lot of exposure and there's a lot of support in, in the aviation community down here. Um, you know, you go to, to any airport and um, you just talk to somebody and, and you talk about aviation and, you know, you'll get along with them instantly. And that's what I've done before. You know, I've just gone to an airport and, and out of the blue, just someone comes up to me and they tell me, hey, how's it going? Where did you go fly? And, mm-hmm. you, you know, that support is there, you know. And I've met, met a lot of friends who who are either, you know, privates, ATP rated or um, um, just student pilots, you know, wanting to uh, to know more about you and, and you know, your ways of flying and, and, and are there also to support you, you know. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And in a sense, too, like when you meet people who have the same passion as you or just like the same, even if it's just a hobby, um, it makes it so easy to talk because you've experienced a lot of 
probably the same pathway of getting to where you are or they've flown around the same areas you normally fly around and like you can just share stories and experiences which I mean that's that's one thing about the airport that's amazing is it normally just draws all the people who love aviation into one place and you never know who you're going to meet or what friends you're going to make but you always leave like knowing that you had a good experience or a good talk with somebody yeah absolutely um you know in aviation you're always you're always learning you know so yeah um if you haven't been to a to an airport and you know the guy next to you has been to that airport you know you always um or i on you know my level i i always ask a lot of questions you know if if you know somebody just came from that airport that i'm going to you know that i'm taking off in 5 minutes to um i'll ask mm-hmm. i'll ask them like, hey, how's it? How's the weather down there? Um, is there anything I need to know before I go there? You know, and and that's what you know, aviation is all about. At times, it's about you know making friends and networking because um, you never know who you're gonna meet. You know, and uh, yeah, that guy that you're talking to right now, or that student pilot, that private pilot, you know, later down the road, you know, they might end up owning a jet business or something. You know, <laughs> yeah. so. Oh, for sure. And it's important to like asking questions. The one, the one way I've always thought about this is even though like sometimes it might sound like a pain to ask people so many questions, you'd you'd rather ask them on the ground than in the air when you're like kind of stuck in a weird situation or going, going to that new airport and you forget like certain things or if you would have had prior like Mm -hmm. knowledge from someone else who just went there, it would help you out. And definitely definitely that stuff like helps and it's always good like i i love when people say like no matter what stage you're in in your career you're always learning because yeah i can 100 percent agree with that and no matter what like what happens during your career you'll always learn new things because no flight is the same yeah no absolutely um you know aviation humbles you in a way you know mm-hmm. if, if you uh think you're you know that macho guy and and it in your training you'll you'll also um read those books you know that that um macho attitude you know i can do this i can do this i don't need anyone's help but you'll quickly realize you know if you haven't never been flying before um you'll quickly realize that you know there's plenty of more people that are more you know experienced than you and uh and just you know you need to practice every day to uh get that nice soft landing you know or, oh, for sure uh, that radio communication you know on like on the dot so yeah um, it's always a, a learning experience what would you say for you personally is like uh like one of your most humbling moments that you've experienced in aviation or like something that has just like not been like a scary experience in a sense but just like mm-hmm. a very humbling experience for you for humbling experience for me, I've I have a couple of stories. Um, I guess when I first started training, um, you know, back then I used to play flight simulator and multiplayer online. So um, I would, you know, talk to the tower um, on the video game, right? So yeah. um, when I went into training, um, I had that attitude. And I told myself, yeah, I got this. I got this, which is not bad to have that attitude because you're, you know, pumped up and you're ready to learn and stuff. So yep. 
I had that attitude that, you know, I knew what I was going to say to the tower controller. I knew what, what to do in an airplane and stuff. And, um, and again, I was back in high, that was back in high school. So I'm like, why do I even need a flight instructor? You know? <laughs> but, um, so I called the tower up and I'm like, um, I'm just making up random tell, tell numbers, but November one, two, three, um, Foxtrot Romeo, right. Um, um, at the fuel pumps ready to taxi, uh, run to runway two, four. Right. And so, um, the tower comes back and the tower's like, uh, number one, two, three, Fox, Fox Rock, Roman Taxi, Vega Echo Alpha, Juliet, Roman 24. I'm like, hold on. What was that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, slow down. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, I told the tower to repeat and that's, you know, it's, it's not bad for you to say, to tell the tower to repeat instructions. However, if you keep telling them to repeat instructions and to repeat it and repeat it, that's one of the things that, you know, it shows you that you're not quite ready to, you know, uh, for advanced, you know, radio communications in a way. Yeah. And that was kind of my humbling moment. I'm like, um, okay, uh, looks like I need to study a little bit more and I actually do need my flight instructor here with me, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I, I can agree too with that because I, I played a lot of flight simulator, um, like before I got into flying, um, like before I started my training and definitely it's a hundred percent cheaper, right? Cause you just turn on a computer and go. Oh, yeah. But the one thing that I, I definitely learned right away too, is like you, you always basically have a perfect flight in flight simulator because it oh, always yeah. goes how you plan. But mm-hmm. when you throw like human factors into it and they're giving you different radio calls, um, that's a big, that's a big humbling moment. And I've definitely been humbled by that myself. And the same thing with the radio calls are like missing some of them. That is, mm-hmm. it's so embarrassing. Um, I've totally gone through that a million times where like your instructor will even look at you and be like, are you going to answer them? And you're like, Oh, I didn't even hear what they said. Like I was <laughs> yeah. on the flying and stuff like that. Like it's embarrassing, but it makes you better. Like making those mistakes make you better. And that's why it's almost good in a sense to be humbled by stuff like that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when, um, the tower calls you out on something, you know, mm-hmm. that's already like drilled into your head already. You know, you like, okay, I'm not going to do that again. Cause I upset the tower controller, you know? So mm-hmm. that's a, that's another way of, you know, learning, um, you know, radio communications and stuff. Um, once you make a mistake, cause you will make mistakes, you know? Oh yeah. But um, it's good to learn from those mistakes and, you know, just move you know, past them, you know? Oh, for sure. And so do you find then like, cause over time, I'm guessing like flying in California, you're always dealing with huge, like huge amounts of airspace. Like there's not a lot of places you can go. That'll be super quiet. I'm guessing that are right nearby. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, being just about 20 miles away from LAX into the uh, class Bravo airspace. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, little airports also that have tower controllers. So you have to watch out for their airspace. So Mm -hmm. um, you're always talking to um, somebody um, once you take off from your local airport. Um, From my local airport, there's a tower controller. uh, And so once you take off from there, if you go to your, to, uh, to the beach towards the left hand side, you know, you're talking to, uh, to an army base tower or you're talking to uh, 
you know, Long Beach Tower or Torrance Tower. So there's always somebody that's controlling that little airspace, like that little airspace in that area. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you go out to the practice areas to do your stalls, steep turns and, and all those areas towards the beach, that area is, it's um, a CTAF common traffic advisory frequency, but um, you're talking to other pilots now so that you guys know where you're at all the time. And um, it gets busy. It gets busy. So oh, for sure. there's a lot of flight training going on here in, in California. Well, I, I guess, too, like it must be the one the one pro of that, because I mean, up here, for example, I mean, we're definitely surrounded by um, a good amount of airports down in like southern Ontario here. Mm-hmm. Uh, northern Ontario for us is a bit different because it's very scarce as far as like even like cities and towns go it gets it gets pretty quiet the farther north you go but i mean i guess the pro for you guys would be if you have ever ever had like an engine failure or any sort of emergency like you're right near a ton of airports a ton of people yeah and i mean yeah that that must be definitely a bit of a hard thing to practice but if it ever did occur right it would probably it would probably be a good thing to to have a lot of people nearby yeah, no, absolutely. Um, here, um, there's a lot of airports, uh, or where I fly out, fly out of, um, there's a lot of airports nearby, about 10 miles away, or, you know, relatively that you can, if an engine failure were to occur, you can, you know, land safely at, at an airport. Um, and even, you know, a, a river, you know, in LA, there's, we have the LA River, and at this time during the summer, it's dry. So that makes a good runway <laughs> if, you know, if you need to put it down there, you know, that's where I'm going, you know? Yeah. Um, I prefer an airport, but you know, um, if, if all else fails, you know, and I can land safely there, you know, that's where I'm, I'm going to go. Um, and you're always talking to a, a traffic controller. So, um, you know, once you tell them, yeah, you're going down at the LA river, they, they know exactly where, where that, that river is. And yep. they'll send somebody out there um, to go and, and find you, you know, and, and check to see if you're okay. And now, have you ever had to, like, experience anything like that where you've had to, like, choose an alternate airport or, like, anything kind of along those lines? Yeah, so um, I've had my – that, that – uh, it's a good story. It's a good story. But, yeah, I it was my second time flying solo and – I was just doing, I just went up clear skies and winds were calm. So I just went to the airport to park, to practice my uh, landings, just normal traffic pattern. And so on my second landing, I went up, I was on the downwind, then base and final. So I was number two in line to land and the plane in front of me ended up having an incident where it it crashed on the runway. Um, The pilot made it out okay, but the airport, airplane was disabled on the runway. So the tower control controller told me to, uh, or all aircraft in the air to start making 360s and to see uh, what we were going to do to, f- or figure out if the airport was going to, you know, close or, or remain open. Mm-hmm. So um, five minutes later, I'm still circling around doing 360s <laughs> and uh, the airport, the traffic controller comes on and she tells us all aircraft on frequency, the airport is now closed, state your intentions. So um, at that point, it was just my second time flying solo. 
I've never gone to another airport by myself without an instructor before, you know? So yeah. um, she goes on the radio and she tells me, November 1, 2, 3, Yang, um, Tango Whiskey, um, state your intentions. I'm like, well, um, I want to <laughs> land. You know, yeah. Those are my intentions. But um, we let's go to an, an air, another airport. And so the nearest airport was just uh, about say about 15 miles away from us or away from me. So, um, uh, you know, I used my training previously training and, uh, I took out my map. I'm like, okay, this is where I'm going. This is their ATIS. This is their tower frequency. So I called the tower up, um, for the other airport. And I told them, Hey, this is November one, two, three whiskey tango. Um, about 15 miles away from your airfield. However, you know, I'm a student pilot and I, my airport just closed um, and I need directions um, to help me, to help me find your airport. So um, at that time, um, the traffic controller comes on he tells me, yeah, no, absolutely. Just um, fly North. And then you're going to hit the uh, 10 freeway from the 10 freeway. Just follow that in. And then you should see um, the airport. And so, uh, thankfully, you know, I just flew north and I followed the the 10 freeway and, uh, and yeah, I I landed not the best landing, but you know, we got there. And after that, you know, I took a breath. (laughs) Yeah. That must have been the best feeling. (laughs) Yeah. Back on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then for those of you that, that say, Oh, and then why didn't you just use four flight? Why didn't you just use, you know, your electronic, um, maps or, or whatever. Right. Uh, At that time, I didn't have ForeFlight. I didn't have, you know, any any GPS, electronic GPS that could, you know, help me help me, uh, you know, find uh, or e- easily navigate, you know. So yeah, and that's uh, what I find too is most people at the beginning of their training for for myself included, like your instructor navigates for you for the mm-hmm. most part, right until like you you're about to start going solo. So when you're doing your training, right? Like you don't really worry about that as much. Yeah. You don't really worry about getting some kind of four flight subscription or whatever. until yeah. You're on your own. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know, when you're flying, you, um, your instructor knows where all the airports are at, you know? Yeah. And you'll quickly realize when you're flying solo, um, that sometimes the airports are pretty hard to find, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, even just by, looking at four flight, it says, okay, four flights, four flight says it's at, you know, you're one o'clock and two miles and there, there's the airport. Right. But yeah. when you look outside, you know, you don't, you don't see the airport, you know, sometimes, um, like for my airport, for example, I fly out of Fullerton airport in California. Um, so, um, that little airport is, is hidden between, uh, all the like, uh, industrial business areas so okay. at times it's hard to see that airport when you're flying um, and you look outside and, and sometimes you're like, um, I know it's in that general area, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah. So it's, um, it, you'll quickly realize uh, that, you know, it's hard to see the airports, but once you start flying, um, you'll get, uh, you know, the feel of, of where everything is at. So, and the yeah, landmarks, sure. the landmarks really help you find um the airports and stuff yeah if you're navigating with a map definitely i found like the best thing to do is just look off landmarks and try to navigate that way like when you're in doubt and can't find where you are but like 
I can't even imagine that experience you had, like your second solo, because I mean, your first solo is scary enough because oh, yeah. all eyes are on you. But then your second one, you're just kind of like, okay, like, you know, we did the first one. Like, let's hope this one goes okay. <laughs> and then having something like that must have scared you so much. Yeah, no, I always tell myself I have to come down one way or the other. That's, oh, and yeah. I always joke around, you know, um, on my first solo, especially, you know, I'm like, I have to come down one way or another. Once those, um, you know, those tires left the, left the runway, I'm like, all right, there's no backing out now. I'm like, I have to come down <laughs> one way or the other, you know? Oh, for sure. <laughs> and I mean, like you, that was probably just the only thing in your mind. The second they gave you like those directions is just like, I got to get on the ground, like at some airport and just like take a breath because mm-hmm. I, I can't even imagine that. And I mean, the good thing that I, I love personally too, is like the air traffic controllers always try their best to help you. And I'm sure that yeah. probably helped calm you down a little bit with knowing that like, they could see you on their, their radar or whatnot and kind of just bring you into the airport safely. And you weren't kind of all by yourself, just navigating alone. Oh, no. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, when stuff like that happens, um, you need to, you know, remain calm. You know, I told myself, all right, the engine is still running. You know, everything is 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 normal. You know, the plane is working fine. You know, Um, it's not going to go down and burst into flames, you know. So you just need to remain calm. And, you know, when you when you tell, you know, the tower, um, yeah, I'm a student pilot, you know, they'll work with you, They'll they'll have more you know, um, like a teaching moment with mm-hmm. you, you know, uh, so they'll, they'll, they'll slow down and they'll tell you, okay, just, um, fly this heading and then you'll see that landmark and then just follow that in and then we'll, we'll bring you in. Yeah. It's know? all about staying calm, and, right? Um, like keeping composure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, cause if you're, you know, if you're doing everything at like a hundred miles per hour and you know, you freak out, that's what, you know, um, mistakes will, will be made. And sometimes you can't afford to make uh, big mistakes up, up thousands of feet up in the air. Yeah. I can agree with that hundred percent. Like if you're, if you get worried or nervous, that's when you, you lose time to figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so now we'll, emergencies kind of put aside what would you say uh being a ppl pilot all that stuff finally out of the way for you uh what would you say your best flight or best experience since you've had your your license has been since i had my license um i would just say flying with uh with friends and family you know um regardless of the destination um i just like taking you know people up in the air and just sharing my aviation stories and you know um showing them what you know aviation is about you know mm-hmm. it's it's different than you know driving a car driving a motorcycle you know um it's a whole different you know world that they that they are exposed to you know and um just seeing their 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 reaction you know when the airplane takes off uh, it's, it, it's, I, I tell myself, this is why I, you know, I got this license, mm-hmm. you know, just to, uh, have fun and, you know, share this experience with, with everybody, uh, my friends, my family, and even, you know, the folks that, that supported mm-hmm. me, you know, I'm like, yeah, I, I did it. Yeah. You know? They've been hearing about it for like, they hear all the stories for so long about, you know, like you're getting close to getting everything, like your license, and then you finally do it. And then you can show them 
like your perspective of what you've been doing this whole time mm-hmm. and let them kind of have that experience. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, every time I go up with, you know, with friends, you know, they, they all, I have, haven't had a passenger yet that, that has told me to go back and land at the airport. Okay. So um, I'm doing, I'm doing something right. I'm doing yeah, something yeah, right. Of course. I hope. <laughs> and it's, it's not scaring anybody or anything, which is always good too, right? You don't want, when people get scared, yeah, it's, no. it's probably not the best flight. Yeah, no, and I always, uh, you know, first impressions are everything, you know, especially for somebody that hasn't been in a, in a small Cessna 172, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's, it's always, you know, um, I always like to talk in the airplane. So um, I always let them know this is what I'm doing now. I'm just inputting frequencies during my run up checks. Uh, um, I'll let them know, hey, this is what I'm doing, just making sure the aircraft is ready to fly, you know, and um it's it's talking to your your passengers that's what makes them more calm oh, you know because sure. if they're all if if you're quiet you know and they're quiet you know it's the cockpit and all the the cabin is is uh is awkward yeah, for sure. no. <laughs> and yeah you have to if you if you can keep everybody calm by talking to them and just letting them know like the plane's fine like everything looks good mm-hmm. you know we've done our checks it it definitely like lowers the nerves especially one thing too that I noticed is like it lowers people's nerves once you're in the air. Like a lot of people still are nervous on the ground. And then once they realize like, okay, we're flying, you know, nothing bad happened on takeoff. Everything's okay. <laughs> like the nerves start to go down and they start to realize that like, it's, it's a- absolutely breathtaking to just see the world from a different view and to be like 4,000, oh, yeah. 5,000 feet above the ground and just see how everything looks. Yeah, absolutely. And um, especially here in Southern California, you know, the beach is about less than five, maybe five, 10 minutes away. Yeah. Um, so that that makes a perfect flight for first time flyers, you oh, know, for sure. Um, it's not as bumpy. Uh, the air is not as bumpy. Um, so it makes a smooth flight, you know, and for pictures, you know, because that's what aviation <laughs> is also about taking pictures, oh, yeah. you know, so it makes good, uh, good memories to uh to take and now so i saw on your instagram too that you uh recently were in bc flying float planes mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i went to uh bc last summer okay. and and yeah i told i saw the float planes flying around so i'm like okay let's let's uh, i've never been in a float plane before yep. so um it'll be a good experience down here so yeah i went on there and uh and um the the area that i was in didn't have a lot of traffic just a couple seaplanes so you know i'm not able to give you know my opinion of like comparison to you know this the southern california area to the bc area but it was it was a good experience to uh to be in a float plane and uh see how the pilot you know takes off and lands in a in in the water, you know, because my 172 can't land in the water. So <laughs> yeah, it's always it's different once you got floats on the bottom, and it, I mean, it's probably heavier to yeah. fly. Um, and it'd be interesting. Like I've always thought about like just navigating on water, and like taxiing around on water, and how different that must be from just being at a, a regular airport. Yeah, absolutely, and especially when when it comes time to park the plane. <laughs> since it's on water, you know, um, they had a crew out there ready to, uh, you know, to help out, to tie the, 
the rope around the floats and the plane so that it wouldn't drift away. So that's a, that's a, it makes for a good, good experience to know what, what, you know, what's different between your flying and then their flying, mm-hmm. you know? And have you ever, so have you ever seen like anybody um, kind of flying float planes around the California area or is that not super common there? So, you know what, believe it or not, I've I've seen a couple float planes around um, towards the beach areas, but not not to uh, to a full hmm. extent. Um, just a couple here and there, but um, and I've been researching, you know, areas where they do you know float plane training, um, and there's none in like the this you know where I am at in uh, the LA area. Okay. So the only the nearest area is in San Diego, which is about two hours away hmm. from me. So that's uh, if you want to get you know flight training there, for me anyways, it's kind of a, a bit of a drive. So okay. <laughs> probably not going to happen. <laughs> and then it, so at this stage of your training, then are you just um, PPL rated, or do you have like a night rating and stuff like that? Yeah. So um, for a private pilot, I can fly um, at night as okay. well. So I've done a couple nights uh, night flights, um, but. Um, yeah, I'm right now. I'm just uh, enjoying my PPL at the moment, and then once, uh, uh, you know, later, probably later down in the future, I'll I'll start um, my instrument. Okay. Rating. And would you say so? Would you say flying at night is a bit scarier than in the day, or what? From your experience, what is your like? What kind of way did you perceive that? Um, yeah, it's a whole different experience, uh, believe it or not. Sometimes uh, your landings are, are not so good at night <laughs> Yeah, if you're barely starting out, you know, just because um, uh, your vision in a way needs to adjust and, and, you know, you're not used to just seeing black skies, yeah. you know, in, in, in the night. So it it's, it's definitely makes a, a good learning experience and, um, for me, anyways, I I always like uh, if it's my first time flying at night in a while. I always like to take a flight instructor with mm-hmm. me and you know have them be next to me just in case you know if I if I mess something up or or you know um, if I get lost. I'm not saying I will, but you never. <laughs> anything's know, right? possible, right? <laughs> but anything's possible. So I always like you know somebody by my side in case you know I need to be corrected on something. Oh, for so. Sure. Um, but it's a good uh, it's a good learning experience to fly at night, and I totally recommend, you know, if you have your private pilot's license, um, to fly at night. You know, um, but also you know, fly with an instructor if you don't feel one hundred percent confident that you know um, you can't fly at night or or whatnot. Um, just fly with an instructor; it never hurts. You know, yeah, it might cost you a little bit more, but hey, you know, it's it's. I'd say it's worth it. You know, I'd rather be up there with somebody that, that, uh, um, is more, has more ratings than, you know, be my, by myself and don't know uh, what I'm doing in oh, a way. Sure, yeah. And like, like you said too, it's good. Even if you have to spend that extra money, like it's, it's good because they have the experience to kind of correct small errors. And then, you know, it might mm-hmm. even just take that one flight to go up with them and then, you know, they kind of show you a few things and then you're, you're good to go for the next yeah. time. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like I said, you know, like we've been saying, um, it's always, you're always learning, you're mm-hmm. always learning something. So, you know, you might be 
you might have years of experience of flying and, and out of the blue, somebody comes up to you and tells you, Hey, uh, this is how you do this and this and this. And then you, you tell yourself, well, wow, I've been flying so many years and I've never, never knew this. Yeah. Like Thank I never you. even thought you know? about that. <laughs> yeah. So in your, in your yes. training then, have you, have you had the opportunity to fly multiple planes or have you just flown basically like been uh, rated on just one? Um, yeah, uh, throughout my my years of flying, in a way, um, since I started in high school, I've had the opportunity to fly um, Cessna 152s, Piper Cherokees, um, Cessna 172s, um, the 172 with retractable gear, uh, what else? An experimental uh, sling. Oh, really? Um, yeah, experimental sling um what else what else just recently um a diamond da40 okay um a twin star as well a multi-engine twin really? star um that that was fun yeah <laughs> i can imagine that wasn't a cool experience yeah yeah my friend uh he just uh he works for an aircraft uh company so he he had to move some aircraft and he asked me if i wanted to tag along with okay. him and I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's, let's course, do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah, of course, you know. So um, I've had the opportunity to fly a, a couple of aircraft and, and um, they've all been good experiences. Would you say you have a favorite um, out of any of them? Um, <laughs> favorite? I'd stick with my 172. Okay. How come? <laughs> yeah. That, um, I guess in a way I'm, I'm more used to uh, the high wing planes okay. in a way. You know, um, I like the way they fly. Some people will say they float for a long time, mm-hmm. you know, once you're coming That's into true. land. But um, I feel very comfortable in them. And, uh, and yeah, for right now, it's the 172. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And they're, they're great <laughs> trainers too, right? Because you can – the one thing yeah. I love about high wing versus low wing is it's good for taking people up because and it's also yeah. good for like circuits things like that because you can just kind of look out the window you don't have like a wing right in your way it's just like you can yeah. see everything below you all that stuff is really easy and visible um but yeah it's i love the 172 as well i've trained on it um what would you say personally between like flying with like a G1000 versus steam gauges do you do you kind of prefer one or the other um for the steam gauge ones, I, I usually fly the steam gauge uh, 172s, but I've been in um, aircraft that have G1000s and 172s that have G1000s. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just, you know, it's good to have all the information on your screen, you know, for the G1000s, mm-hmm. but it just takes a little bit more time to get used to. Okay. Um, even even now, I'm not, you know, 100% you know, familiar with the G1000s, but... Um, um, the steam gauge, I'd say, you know, for someone that's starting out first, you know, learn on a steam gauge, mm-hmm. you know, and then transfer to a, to a, to a G1000. And that's just my, my little, you know, take on things. Cause, um, um, once you learn on your steam gauges, you know, you know, what's going on, like old school style. Yeah. You I was know? just about to say the old school <laughs> way must be easy, yeah. right? Like to just move up to like a bit more technology. Yeah, because if if you go straight into a 172 with a glass cockpit and you turn on, you know, all the, your electronics and stuff, 
you're throwing a bunch of information, which at times for somebody that's barely starting out, you know, you're like, whoa, okay, what's, what's going yeah. on here? You know, what's going on here? I'm not saying it's impossible to learn like right from the get go, but um, it's, uh, it's definitely more, I guess, user friendly to use a steam gauge um, in a way and then transfer to a G1000. But um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, and then just last but not least. So for anybody in, like the California area, the States, even up in Canada here, wherever they are, what would be your advice that you would give to like a pilot that's starting out or working on their PPL and kind of experiences you've been through? What would be your advice? Yeah. um, You know, just keep learning. You know, that's what I, I always tell people, you know, keep learning. You're going to have bad days. I have had bad days you know, you're going to have bad landings, you know, we've all had bad landings, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. sometimes um, if you're, if you're barely going solo for the first time and your instructor tells you you're not ready yet, you know, don't take it personally, you know, mm-hmm. he's just, uh, the instructor's just uh, ensuring, you know, if he or she says you're not ready yet, um, he's making sure, he or she's making sure that that you're safe, you know, and you're not putting other people's lives in danger, including yourself's life, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, just keep learning, just keep, you know, um, practicing. If you're already, if you're already going solo, um, or if you're already flying solo, you know, practice your landings, practice your steep turns, practice, practice your, uh, your stalls, um, and don't be nervous for the check rides, you know? Um, I know I was, I know, you know, everyone's going to be nervous, but, you know, just fly, fly the plane, like, you know, um, and treat your DPE that, um, like your first passenger, you know, because, mm-hmm. uh, because I've, I always pictured, uh, I've just done one check ride, of course, for my PPL, but, yep. um, I've always, I treated my DPE like he was my first passenger and he was, cause he was not touching the controls at all. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so, true. Um, I just told him, you know, this is what I'm going to do. You know, if you don't mind helping me out, look for traffic, you know, and this is, uh, this is what I'm doing right now and, and all those things. And, uh, yeah, just keep moving forward, you know, just keep learning and, and, uh, you'll don't rush things. Don't rush things. Take your time. (laughs) Yeah. That's like the most important thing, right? Just always, you know, take your time, stay calm and just kind of keep pushing through uh, like your goals. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you want to be an airline pilot, you know, hey, you're not going to get there overnight, you Mm -hmm. know, just um, learn from your mistakes, because you will make mistakes, you know, Um, if, if you have questions, you know, feel, ask your instructor, ask somebody that has more experience than you, you know, Mm -hmm. um, about, about your flight, you know, always, you know, keep talking to other pilots so that you can, you know, your um, experience in a way can expand and your your you network with other people because you know you never know once uh you become a a pilot a ppl or um if you go beyond your ppl um you'll you'll make good friends and they'll they'll be friends for for life right mm-hmm. you'll you'll fly with them you'll fly cross country with them and it makes for good flying experience oh for sure and like even something like this like uh, like I met you over just social media, just making these yeah. podcasts and aviation is a small world. Like it, uh, I definitely will, will make my way down to California one day and we'll have to go flying together and yeah, show absolutely. me the area. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I, I always enjoy um, taking people flying for, for fun. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I always enjoy to show people, you know, what, what um, aviation is all about and demonstrating, you know, what, what we can do as pilots, you know, fly from this place to this place, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and look at the views. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting and, that exposure out is so crucial, you know, like showing people like a different perspective of the world and like, not just being mm-hmm. on the ground and showing people like what certain things look like from the air. Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, if, if any of your, you know, if your, your followers, followers have any questions or anything, um, they can reach out to me. I'm more than ha- happy to answer some questions, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, if, if they're in Southern California as well, Hey, <laughs> you know, you never know. We might go find yeah, hit them up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Abel, it's been, it's been a pleasure, man, having you on the show today. I really appreciate you doing this with me. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. I, I, I enjoy talking about, you know, a- aviation. <laughs> yeah, no worries at all, man. And yeah, for anybody that's listening right now, make sure to give Flare Aviation a follow on Instagram and also subscribe and like the videos on YouTube. And enjoy the rest of your day and have a great rest of your week.